What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Episode 45 of Crossover Commerce here. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and thanks for joining us live again on another episode of our show, Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the lovely company that employs me, sponsors me, and gets to talk about all things international. Uh, But we're not here to talk about today. We're going to focus on a different international topic today. We're talking about Europe and the EU specifically. Uh, I know that's a lot of different things that are going through the news right now, obviously with COVID, but also with Brexit, with other expansion opportunities for the e-commerce market. I'm super excited today to touch on all those different topics. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. I brought an expert who obviously uh, knows this area inside and out we're going to be talking about just opportunities for expansion how to best if you're selling in the united states obviously to roll into the europe uh european marketplace what opportunities might present there is there a specific product that's doing well or a specific industry i don't know we're going to ask all those questions so but today i was lucky enough to go ahead and have on the ceo and i believe co-founder of global uh or founder of global e-commerce experts Andy Hooper, who is uh, his role is to successfully expand e-commerce sellers into the EU marketplaces. Um, he does this by providing a range of services that will enable uh, this to happen for clients, obviously in VAT, which we'll talk about what is VAT, uh, 3PL, warehousing and account management. And then their company provides a wide range of content for sellers to engage and aid with their expansion to help you grow your brand, your services, uh, to a different marketplace. So with that being said, again, if you have questions about what we're going to talk about today, if this is your first time, go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button, but also write in the comments below those questions. We'll see those on the side. I'll ask Andy um, those topics and those questions. And if you're watching this later on and you just are listening to this on anywhere you're consuming our podcast, uh, go ahead and just write in those comments section as well. Rate us as well but also uh, comment on us and we'll make sure we get those questions answered by Andy himself. Without further ado though, I'll go ahead and stop rambling on and bring on my guest, uh, Andy. Uh, I just muted you for a second. So (laughs) that's the beauty of going live. How are you doing today, sir? I am absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, It's amazing to to come and talk to you, all things e-commerce and Europe and everything else. I'm uh, stoked and excited to be here. So thank you. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. And you have your own kind of like podcast setup, but also you you like to educate people, I believe, most notably on LinkedIn. So I, that, that's where I found you. And that's where I thought there was a lot of great content that you're pushing out there. And when we initially talked at the beginning, your number one objective was just to pump out content, I believe last year and this year, and you're just going to continue to do that as the EU marketplace continues to to kind of ebb and flow in all these different ways as we were talking about. Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we put out um, yeah content every single day and our, our whole sort of ethos is yeah, we want to successfully expand e-commerce sellers into the EU, making them the next category king. Like that's what we do. And if we've got to you know, talk to people, educate people every single day, then that's what we've got to do. And whether that be on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, the idea, I fundamentally believe that the more information we put out, the more you can hear and learn what's happening. And you might think, 
you know, people might be listening to this thinking, oh, I thought about expanding to Europe and someone told me it was too difficult. Like all these sort of things, you know, we've all got friends that have done something that's too difficult because they, it was too difficult for them. We're like, oh, well, I won't do that then. The reality is it's straightforward and easy. And, and, and you know, my ethos is the more we can get that message out there, the more the people that hear that, you know, we just put that content out every single day. We've got a podcast on Mondays. We do content corners on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which are like five-minute snippets, and then webinars on Wednesdays. So, yeah, we do a fair amount, um, which keeps us busy and out of trouble, I think. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's, the, that's the best thing uh, to do is stay out of trouble, especially when you're either locked down or uh... – you're, there's just so much you can get into, obviously, with yourself. Uh, obviously, hello, David, from uh, watching on uh, LinkedIn today. David's a friend of the oh, show. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're, I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people are excited because when we were initially talking about that, a lot of people just have this misconception. I think it's, I want to say due to the media, but <laughs> I guess I'm part of the media in one way or another. Or we all are if we're putting out content. Why, why is it so confusing for people to think that Brexit is this like a, apocalyptic event that it's just too too difficult to understand? What, why, why, from the outside perspective, is that the case, I think? I, I think the key thing is people just make it more confusing than it actually is. And, and actually, when you break all this down, it, it's because it's new. Pe people don't like change. So when, when change comes about, whatever that might be, it's just... Well, that goes in the too difficult pile. And, oh, well, that's going to change. There's going to be difficulty. Yeah, there is going to be changes. Of course there is. But most of those changes will probably be for the better. You know, um, and it depends on how you view it or where you're viewing it from or depend on what you actually think that's going to be. Um, you know, whether you see that as positive, negative or whatever, it, it's almost completely irrelevant. Brexit's here. Brexit's staying. So we've got to get on with it and deal with it. And, you know, I think that actually people living in the union, in Europe, in the UK, actually find that more difficult than people outside. So, for example, a lot of our sellers are sellers based in the States expanding into Europe. Well, once you've already expanded into Europe, you know, if you've got to have a base in the UK and Europe rather than just the UK, then actually it doesn't really make much difference because you've already expanded you're used to cross-border platforms. You're used to having payment gateways. You're used to customs. You're used to, used to duties. You're used to being VAT registered in a, another jurisdiction. And because of all those things put together, it's just it's almost easier for people who are outside the EU um, because people inside the EU just find that too difficult. But I think everyone puts it down to, oh, Brexit, what's that? Oh, that must be difficult. I've got a 36-page document over there that you know, that has been summarized from the 2000 pages. There's nothing earth shattering in there. Like it's really simple and really straightforward. Yes, there's some changes. Yes, there's some complications. But as long as you're working with experts, it doesn't really matter. They'll support you and guide you. So with that being said, that's a great summary. I think I think it's like, again, too difficult to understand problem. That's what we always have to run into. Uh, on the ping pong payment side is, is, you know, global expansion is difficult. You don't want to spend the time to learn. And it is tough. I, I won't say it's not tough. But once you get to understand, like you said, if you're already doing it, why why is this a big deal all of a sudden? Um, again, hi to everyone who's watching. Hi from, we got India on the, in the house. So that, that's always exciting. And we got international listeners talking about EU. Because again, I think this is a topic that a lot of people are super 
passionate about and want to, I think it's a budding, again, it's a marketplace where there's quite lots of growth. Um, so maybe let's start from the beginning. Why is it important to sell in Europe for Amazon sellers who are selling in the United States? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. That's probably the number one question that I get asked the most, you know, why should we expand to Europe? And for me, th th there's a number of different methods and it depends on what you're looking to achieve out of your, your business. The number one thing for me is it'll increase your revenue without any shadow of a doubt. Um, but really, it depends what your ultimate goal is. You know, if you're looking to expand your brand, which the majority of the sellers that we work with are looking to expand their brand and sell their products on e-commerce marketplaces so that they don't have to. You know, so, sorry, their competitors don't. Like, that's the ultimate goal. You know, we're all in business to expand. Um, is to get our products in the hands of people that need them as well. So, you know, there, there's so many products in the States. And I was talking to this to someone yesterday that I am the world's worst. A new client comes in. I'm like, what do they sell? And I'm like, what is it? Because I'm like, I might want that product because I, do, you know, I must have a house full of Amazon products. You know, I'll shop for you. Wherever, wherever they sell, I've got the products. I'm like, this is amazing. I need this in my life. And... You know, there are plenty of people within the marketplaces that feel exactly the same. They need their products, your products in their life. And, and I think there, there's several different areas to that. So one, increase your brand. Two, increase your revenue, give you more possibility for exit and everything else. And the third one is to get your products in the hands of people that genuinely need it. You know, we've got so many sellers that have products that are life-changing products that why wouldn't you help impact somebody else's life by making sure they've got that? Now, obviously, that comes a little bit less tangible when you get to said widget A, B, or C. But, you know, actually, from a brand point of view, you might want to enhance your brand so someone else doesn't. Um, so hopefully that gives people probably three key reasons, I would say. I love that. We're already talking about tangible walkaway tips that we can take and apply there. And it makes sense uh, because the marketplace isn't as competitive. But there, what, what countries, I get when people think Europe, you're thinking about, you know, obviously all the different countries that are part of the EU. When people, Amazon has different marketplaces, though, within the EU. Um, yeah. And what I get always asked is, what are those countries that are best to kind of dive into? Obviously, um, I, I think there's a couple of programs that you can, as a seller, be a part of in terms of uh, it dis your products being distributed amongst Europe. Um, name is escaping me right now, but in terms of what countries to really start at, maybe this get more granular, where, where should sellers really start to be more, most successful? Yeah. So, so the programs I think you're talking about are the pan European program, the European yes. fulfillment network. So that's it. It's <laughs> basically two programs where you pull your products in one place and they just get shipped around for you. But I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of steps back from that Let's because if I just get into the nitty gritty, they're, 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 you, and if we talk, you know, let's talk Amazon. Because Amazon is by far the largest marketplace across the European region. And virtually all sellers, you know, if they're based in the States, they understand Amazon. It's easy to go from Amazon US to Amazon, you know, in Europe. Like it's just a it's just a tangible crossover that's just straightforward and easy. And underneath that European banner, you've got Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Sweden, Netherlands, and the UK. Now, they're all of the marketplaces. Uh, that are available right now. There'll be some more coming as we go without any shadow of a doubt. 
And, and where I normally start with this is it depends on your brand and how you're going, where you um, where you start first. So bear with me one second because I've just realised I was charging my iPad up and I forgot to charge my laptop. I'm about to have battery. Anyway, there's the great thing of being live. What we were talking about a moment ago. So, um, <laughs> here, here's, here's Europe as a whole. If you take Amazon as a snapshot, the UK and Germany are broadly two-thirds of all sales across the European program. So, you know, if you're looking, where do I start first? Then I'm like, look, if you want to just start with one country, UK or Germany, like straightforward. If you're looking to how do I start off in the best possible function, the best possible way first, then I say, well, start with the UK and Germany. That gives you a foothold with Prime in two-thirds of all of the marketplace you customers. The other third is France, Italy, Spain, Netherlands, and Sweden. I mean, like, it just goes on and on and on. So why not you focus on the UK and Germany first? It reduces your cost. You've only got to put stock into two countries. You've only got to be VAT registered in two countries. You've only got to do compliance for your products in two countries. So there's a whole load of things that you need to consider in that, but that's the best starting point. You know. Uh, there are options. The Pan EU program is where you can be VAT registered across all the countries. You can have stock in all the countries other than the UK now because the UK is no longer part of the Pan European program because it's no longer part of the European Union. Therefore, that's why it swaps over. Um, so you would need to be registered in the UK and Pan EU. But basically, yeah, that's a great program because Amazon will take your stock. You can ship it all into Germany and it will distribute it around all these warehouses for you. Now, free of charge, I should add. There are some VAT complications you need to consider. But basically, they'll do that. The downside is you've got to be VAT registered in like seven countries. Now, that becomes quite quite costly when you're first launching. So actually, a better way of doing that potentially is to focus where your brand could start most competitively and the most affordable way. And we would say UK and Germany is a great way of doing that. Starting UK and Germany gives you two-thirds of all, all possible sales and you can go from there. Now, when I say you know, UK and Germany are about a third each, depending on your products, will depend on whether it's a third ge Germany slightly higher or the UK slightly higher. And what I would say is that if there's anyone listening to this who already sells in Europe and you're like, Andy, my sales are like massive in one and I've got none elsewhere. Like you're missing, you're genuinely missing a trick because what you should see, if you was to map out that perfect chart, yeah, you'd have the UK, you'd have Germany, broadly the same and then in this other third i haven't got a third hand that'd be useful wouldn't it right <laughs> in the other third hand would you'd have france italy spain and everything else and if you're not doing that you should probably get in touch for an account health check we do them free so you could just drop us a line get a do an account health check completely free and you know we can tell you where you need to make some tactical decisions on on improving but hopefully that answers that uh with a slight plug perhaps for our account health check uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. We can obviously talk about what that is. Uh, actually, what is it? Like, let, let's dive into that really quickly. What was your account health check? So account health check is absolutely free. It's for sellers who have already started selling in Europe, have been selling really for at least six months. And we, we get, so we offer this free to all of our clients every single year. So, you know, it's for people as they're scaling as well. What that is, is one of our account managers will basically look at your account across all e-commerce and say, okay, here's your e-commerce sitting in Europe. And here's what, if you was to build and scale your brand, 
Here's a full report on what you can do to do that. Um, it's absolutely free of charge. Now, obviously, some of those things in there you know, we can support with. Of course we can. But there's lots of things in there we don't do where it's, okay, you need to be doing this next. Here's your next tactical actions to grow your brand. And everything we would suggest would be things that you can go away and actively do yourself. You know, let's say so the key things might be um, photos aren't relevant to the European market. Keywords aren't relevant to the European market. Um, listings are a bit shoddy. Enhanced brand content hasn't been done. You know, translations aren't correct. Like the, the standard stuff that comes up every time. But as you scale your brand, you're looking for the, the smaller and smaller nuggets of information to, do, to, to make it better. So when you first start, it's like, it's like the broad brush stuff, isn't it? Like I just need the big picture, the easy wins. But obviously, when you, you're a seasoned pro, actually, you're just looking for the little thin bits. You know, actually, because, you know, because we deal with thousands of sellers, we can look at the data and say, well, actually, looking at what you're doing, there's actually a more economic way of doing that. So it might not actually be you know, one we did for a client the other day. It had nothing to do with their e-commerce platforms whatsoever. It had everything to do with shipping, logistics. Um, and you making things happen easier and smoother because they had their listings and everything dialed in. Yes, we recommended they perhaps should be on some other platforms, but not you. How do you make your business more profitable in Europe? Um, so yes, that's sort of how all that goes. Um, that, but yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity for sellers who, yeah, just not who are. How do I get more out of my European expansion? That's it. Absolutely. So when you're talking about, you had mentioned that breakdown, and I think that breakdown is something that I've never heard someone come out right and say in terms of the UK and Germany are most important, which is, you know, a lot of people just won't, they'll just tiptoe around it. But doing two thirds of the businesses from those two countries is fascinating. Why do you think it's from those two? Is it just um, economy? Is it just they're built for setup in terms of cultural uh, wise? What, what, what's the reason that those two are driving the most business in Europe? You know, I think it's a few of those things. So first of all, you, they're the biggest economies. So if you've got more economy, you've got more population, you've got more people who are actively spending online. You've also got, I, I think that the they're, they're more progressive countries in some ways. So you, they've shopped online for a long, lot longer. They're, they've been more accepting to e-commerce. And there, there are some percentages around Europe of um, how many, uh, people shop online and it goes everything from like 80%, possibly even higher now because of COVID, um, all the way down to like 20%. So there's 27 countries in Europe plus the UK. So out of that whole period, you know, some countries shop more online than others. It's just fact. And a lot of that is cultural, it's access to online. You know, how many of us shop uh, online on our phone? Like if I need something from Amazon now, I just go on app, app. I done like it's as simple as that. Um, you know, no one has that opportunity in every country, and you know I think that you know, people go through that process of getting everyone online, internet access, or oh, I can shop online. Is it safe? Like you know that first pay that first PayPal. Sorry, that first eBay transact because most of us most of us bought something on eBay long before we bought anything on anywhere else, right? right? And you know we bought something and. PayPal. We bought it via PayPal. What's PayPal? Is it a scam? Like, am I getting through this product? Is it real? Like, we all went through that process. And for most of us, that was a decade ago. 
And but there are people still going through that in Europe in other countries right now. Um, so that that sort of gives you that it, those two countries, you know, Italy, we are seeing as massively growing and lockdown has catapulted a lot of those uh, into buying stuff online a lot quicker. Yeah, and all, all the, I'm going to adjust that microphone because I hear my echo real quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> I turned it off. I don't know. I hear my echo on there, but that's all good. So again, beauty of being live. So when, no, that that is certainly helpful in terms of like how to look at it holistically because a lot of people are just, you know, United States has a lot of people. I mean, we have 300 plus million people and there's a lot of ways to look at why we we're just culturally adapt where people need it fast. They need it instantaneously and we just spend a lot of money. So I think that's why a lot of people jump into this marketplace. But when it comes to other different besides Amazon, are there other competitors that exist that are vying for attention that are it might not all just be Amazon where I know majority of you know e-commerce sellers are selling? Where are other marketplaces that people might be? It might be worth their time for investment over there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really key because Amazon is the one we all know, but because that's the biggest brand, but there's hundreds of others. Like, and, and there's new ones coming out every single day crying for your attention. But there are probably some key ones you need to consider. France is CD Discount. Uh, Germany is Otto.com. Um, Netherlands is BOL.com. You know, they're probably the ones that you should be considering first. You know, in the UK, there's Frugo, there's OnBuy. You know, there's lots of new options coming in all of the time. And what we're looking for is, you know, there are people competing with that. But how do you maximize those opportunities? Like, it's just not feasible to be on every single platform. Like, it just doesn't work. You just can't be on every platform around Europe. So, you know, what are the ones that are most effective for your business? So, for example, if you're selling more homemade, handmade products, Etsy is going to be better. If you're selling more gadgets, non-high street is going to be better. If you're selling furniture, Wayfair is going to be better. Now, I know some of those brands, anyone else you're around you know, you know, Europe, some of those brands are bigger in some countries than others. And, you know, I know some of those brands are also bigger in the States than others. Uh, so... You know, there are options and it all does depend on what product you sell, what the margins look like, uh, what, what the route to the market is, where you can store the products, how bulky the product is, you know, who's buying the product, where are they buying it and what you actually sell and where do you get it from or depend on which marketplace is going to be better for you. But getting those marketplaces is absolutely critical because, you know, for some of our bigger sellers, actually, you're only, you know, they're only, they're making, you know, 40 to 50% on Amazon. They're making the rest on other platforms and you have to start diverging without any shadow of a doubt. So obviously start on Amazon, maybe then diversify if your sales, uh, quantify a pickup. Um, when people, and this is something that's always confusing for sellers, what we have to obviously tell is VAT and what that is. What, what is it and how do people navigate paying VAT authorities over there? Okay, so this is uh, probably the one probably key headache that people again get get hung up on you know, people make this more difficult than it is first uh, off do you call it that or that taxes or do you call it vat taxes like well, what's the technical phrase VAT. for it 
VAT. Okay. That's it. <laughs> uh, that's it. So value added tax. Um, right. So, I mean, it's basically sales tax. That That's the key thing to understand. And if you was to think about VAT across Europe and Nexus, you and I have very limited knowledge on Nexus, so please don't hold me to this or whatever. But you, when you're paying different sales tax to different states, it's very similar to Europe. You, you've got VAT in different countries. You've got to pay VAT in different countries. And there are lots of rules. There are lots of regulations. And there's a lot of people that make it as complicated as they possibly can. But the fundamental rule that you need to get your head around is, you know, if you're expanding your business into Europe, one, you need to get your business VAT registered in the country from which you are fulfilling your products. All right. So if you're fulfilling from the UK, you need to be VAT registered in the UK. If you're fulfilling from Germany, you need to be registered in Germany. Now, there are distance selling thresholds. Again, Nexus has distance selling thresholds. This is all stuff you're used to if you're based in the States. You'll understand this sort of methodology. Um, it's just putting it in the same um, context to what you're used to. So so basically, you, you pay from where you fulfill unless you've met a distance selling threshold, at which point you need to be VAT registered in the next country. Now, there's a whole load of rules and regulations around all of that. But that's the, like, it's as simple as that. Like, don't overcomplicate it. Pay VAT where you sell the product from. And hopefully, if you're using a professional service, they'll tell you when you need to be registered elsewhere. Did that threshold change with Brexit? I, I thought it changed in terms of like the good amount, like either as a whole or as like the price per item. Did that change? Okay, so so import VAT, which is slightly okay. different than sales VAT, gotcha. there has been some changes, uh, and that whole piece has changed slightly. The distance selling thresholds have stayed the same for now, um, so that has continued. But the, the amount that you pay VAT on or import duty for goods going backwards and forwards across the border has changed. Um, so, But we don't need to get into that because it's just simple. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Right. Does Amazon, do you pay that uh, as you go or is that something you have to pay quarterly or on every month? What, what, how does that work? So depending on where you are VAT register in the UK. So let me back up. So originally post before Brexit, how that worked was uh, you would you would sell goods on Amazon. You would uh, basically then tell us what you've sold. And we tell the government what you've sold, what you've imported, and whether there's a, you know, a deduction to be made, and how much VAT you owe every quarter. Now, that's how it works. And that's how it works pretty much in the whole of Europe. Now, some countries are monthly. Some VAT rates are 20%, like the UK. Some are 21%. Some are 19%. There's some variances. But broadly, it's 20%. Like broadly. And that's how it works. You know, you you tell the government what you've sold and you give the money to the government. Simple as that. Now, there has been some changes in the UK since the beginning of the year. So Amazon base, sorry, marketplaces now have to take VAT at source. So what happens is, is you sell your goods on Amazon. Amazon then says, hey, you've sold your product. We're giving 20% of that to the UK government because there were so many people that weren't paying VAT, that, you know, what's happened is, is that they're like, the government's like, no, Amazon, you're giving it to us. And this is a continuation of a theme that happens from 2016. So December 2016, they said, everyone needs to be VAT registered if they're selling on Amazon. And if you're not VAT registered, you can't sell. So now they've gone a step further and said, 
Amazon, you're giving us the cash. Now, you still need people to, if you're selling on other platforms or other marketplaces or other websites, you still need support. If you're doing import VAT, which all of our clients are, you still need to make sure that your VAT calculation is absolutely spot on. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to be giving too much money to the UK government. Um, it does mean that some of our uh, crossovers, some of the benefits of being flat rate, standard rate that we had have sort of gone. So it's no longer as competitive for that way. But what I would say is the total benefit to that is that you know that every seller on Amazon equal to you. What I mean by that is there's not a seller out of region that's selling their products, not being maybe being VAT registered, but not paying the VAT. And their product is more competitive than yours. And you all know where I'm going with this. You know, they're, they're, they're basically selling their products a lot cheaper than yours because they're not as compliant or they're just being a little bit dodgy. And, you know, that has gone. You know, we've seen people, our clients have seen an increase in their products by about 30%. Because wow. what's happened is people in the marketplace have had to increase their product by 20% straight away. Because they've increased the price of their product, they've also got to start paying VAT, VAT um, agencies like us to do that sort of stuff. Or they need um, warehousing that we've got or whatever else that might be. They need all these additional services. They were just fudging it. So all of a sudden, we've seen that our sellers – of all of a sudden, one have been able to increase their prices by 30% uh, or increase them, keep them at the price they're already at. And they're more competitive than they were because they're competing on equal terms. And that for me is a massive bonus. You're having the ability to compete on equal terms all of a sudden means that you haven't got sellers from you know, out of region selling much cheaper than you. Is there any data that says like how many sellers are entering Europe and or uh, the UK? Like how consistent there's new sellers or how many sellers are selling right now in that marketplace i did see some research about a year ago but i can't remember exactly what it was and i think what we've got to have a look at is there's going to be a market adjustment so because of brexit actually people out of region have strengthened because okay. they're used to selling cross-border people in the uk and europe have all of a sudden gone oh it's too difficult i can't do it because it's just, oh, I've got to be VAT registered somewhere else. Oh, I need compliance. Oh, I need something. Like, they just can't deal with it in their heads. As whereas, you know, someone out of region, they're used to it. Um, so I don't know what the new numbers are. I need to have a look. I also don't know, you know, what that e that equalization has, has, has done. And I'm keen to see what that looks like. Uh, but I don't have any stats that are relevant recent stats. Gotcha. And if, you, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this live, go ahead and ask your questions for Andy or myself. Again, uh, we're talking with uh, Andy Hooper of Global Ecom Experts. We're talking about growing into Europe specifically. What are the kind of the, the questions that people have typically that we're kind of uh, dispelling the, the myths or the falsehoods of what's been told out there and kind of the demystifying everything, if you will. Uh, another thing I think a lot of people are especially in the United States, a lot of people are having trouble with logistics in terms of like how often uh, goods are being, you know, in terms of like where they're sourcing from, how to get goods to certain locations and marketplaces. When you're talking about getting goods typically from the United States, you're sourcing from China or India or different other countries. Uh, Two-part question. First off, is there a good, 
are there ways that people should or look at sourcing from Europe and or specifically uh, the UK? And then second, when sellers are sending their goods into those countries, what are kind of the you know pros and cons? Like what, what should people be looking for when getting their goods over there? Yeah, okay. So, uh, so two parts. So first part, um, hold on. What was the first? Hold on. I've, I've lost that. The second part, I've got logistics <laughs> going in. I've got, I've got the logistics. Go on, yeah, say yeah. the first part again, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, the, no, you're fine. The first part is, uh, should sellers be looking at the UK or Europe in general for uh, sourcing from like from those countries? Okay, so sourcing. So I, I think there's a, there's a, a double-edged sword here. Um, I think that one, if you've already got reliable products being made somewhere, then you should stick with that um because you're not in an ability to be able to go and find a supplier go and source that product go and touch the fabric feel the product you know, go and talk to the owner of the factory or whatever else that might be so i would say for the short period just stick with where you are there's too much else going on in the world to even worry about that but i do think that going forwards there is opportunity for uh, manufacturers in europe for people that are manufacturing products in the States to actually manufacture products in Europe without any shadow of a doubt. That definitely is a four way of going that could be really, really powerful. I don't think that we've got um, clients to uh, buy and source products in Europe, but they're already made product. They're not, you know, it's, it's, it's a white label pretty much service. Um, but I think that could be really powerful going forwards. You know, how do you do that? Perhaps we should look at that and put some topics together for that. That would be a really, really useful thing. So that's the first thing. And uh, the second thing, logistics. Logistics is really tough going in some European countries. So shipping from out of region in, let, let me, so shipping into the UK and the Netherlands is straightforward and easy. Uh, we've got warehouses in the UK and Netherlands for that very reason. Shipping into Germany is the biggest pain in the backside you will ever come across. If you can avoid that, avoid it at all costs. And the reason I say that is because they just make it more difficult than it needs to be. So what we typically talk to our sellers about that, that works well for them is that when you're launching in Europe, we've already talked about launching in the UK and, and, and Germany. What we actually say is when you're doing your VAT registration, get VAT registered in the UK, Germany, and the Netherlands. And the reason for that is that by shipping logistically into the UK and Netherlands, you've got logistics going into the UK and Europe. Now, the advantage of both of those is you can defer your VAT. Now, what that basically means is, is when your import VAT comes to be paid when you're, when you're doing the import, actually, you don't pay it there and then, as well as you would do in all the other European countries. So what that means is you basically increase your cash flow by, by paying VAT at a later date. So by being VAT registered, one, it's easier to ship into the UK and Netherlands. So there's peace of mind. It's easier. It's quicker. Like There's all those benefits with it. The, but the major benefit is that it helps with your cash flow. Like, why wouldn't you help with your cash flow and spread your cash flow a little bit easier in order to make that more profitable for you? So by you know, spreading, yes, you've got to pay for the VAT compliance, but by paying for the VAT compliance, what you're actually doing is you're able to spread that over a monthly figure. As well as your import VAT, you're going to get your import VAT and be whacked. You're bringing a container in, you know, as lots of our clients do, you bring a container into the UK and Netherlands. You've got, 
You've got import VAT on those. And if you haven't even sold those products yet, you're increasing the costs before you've sold the product. So if you don't have to pay that and you can sell that shipment before you've even paid the import VAT, that's going to be a bonus. Um, so I think that that that's, you know, if you said to me, what's your number one strategy launching into Europe, you know, from a logistics and everything else, it's VAT registered in the UK, Netherlands and Germany. Start selling your products on Amazon Prime in the UK and Germany and use Netherlands and the UK for logistics without any shadow of a doubt. Interesting. I, and I've been in Netherlands and I and I think that, that, that that's that's a tip that no one else would, I think, think about, because you think if you're selling in UK and Germany, send to UK and Germany. But that makes complete sense in terms of that logistical nightmare that you're, you're kind of you know, offsetting in terms of both cost and time efficiency. So very fascinating. How, how is it to get registered? Is that cost anything for anyone or what, what does that process look like? Is it free to register? So some companies, so for the UK's free registration for Amazon sellers that we, that we do here in the UK, um, Netherlands and Germany, there's a, there's a, a registration fee. And then, you know, you've then got compliance fees on top of that. Now, depends on what services you're using with us, you know, then obviously there are other great suppliers out there. You know, there's, there's many, um, but you know, you, we, we put packages together to make that you know, work for clients because, you know, people want that to make that really easy and really simple. So it depends Absolutely. on what you're looking to do. depends on what the price of that is, depending on the number of um, you know, countries you're registering in and everything else that goes with that. Um, and uh, our onboarding team basically look after that all for you and can talk you through that. Gotcha. Is there other, is there anything else in Bre in terms of Brexit that we haven't covered that are super important to either look at both as a logistical or economic standpoint, um, either as a seller uh, or a buyer? How's that impacting, you know, maybe Britain in general? Yeah, I mean, I think the key difference is that you can no longer send goods easily between the UK and Europe. So there is something called the free movement of goods, which we had before, and you could just ship stuff backwards and forwards however you liked. Because it came from Europe, because it came from um, the UK, it just went backwards and forwards and there was no problems whatsoever. It was straightforward. Now we get the rules of origin. So the new... Um, the new rules basically state that if your product is made in the UK or made in Europe, it can go backwards and forwards, free movement of goods, no problem at all. If your product of, is of origin that is outside the UK or Europe, then import duties and compliance and everything else uh, comes into, into effect. So what you don't want to be doing is shipping your products backwards and forwards across between the UK and Europe. So you want to send your products to the UK and to Europe, you don't have to worry about it. The big difference for us here at the moment is, you know, we've got to pay that. You know, if we want in, you know, want to buy something from Europe, if it originates from China, which a lot of our products do, you know, a lot of sellers have products made in China, because it originates from China, therefore, what happens is that product um, has import VAT onto it. Now, there's also import VAT on that as well because you're importing to a new jurisdiction. So there's lots of additional costs involved. Uh, import VAT comes in at £22, at uh, €22 Euros going into Europe and £22 pounds coming into the UK. And uh, VAT comes into effect at £135. So it depends on the cost price of the goods or depend on, you know, when you start paying that. So there is an impact. By far the easiest way is to split those products, UK and Europe. And as a seller, you won't have to worry. Gotcha. What's the, um, in terms of like what is going on right now, I think a lot about 
you know, COVID and restrictions and you're on lockdown number three, I want to say nationwide. Is that, is that the lucky number three? Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. I know it's, it's, it's so hard because I think we're lifting and we're locking down and there's United States is all over the place. But anyways, uh, in terms of like what you've learned either as a business owner or as like an e-commerce, you know, uh, expert, what are your, your top takeaways from either 2020 or how this has really impacted business uh, from your standpoint or just in terms of e-commerce moving forward? How's that, how's COVID as an overall impact for you guys? Well, I think firstly, more people are shopping online without any shadow of a doubt. I think we saw that the buying habits of Europe as a whole changed. You know, everyone was buying stuff online. And what we also saw was the products they were buying were different products to what they were buying before. You know, I've got a call with someone in 15 minutes who, in his own words, I, this guy's so enthusiastic, so passionate. And it's like, Andy, I have the golden goose. Uh, <laughs> that was his favorite uh, saying to me. And I just loved it. You know, it was just like, you know, we've gone into this lockdown. You know, I sold this product before. You know, I've got the golden goose. Everyone wants my product. And I think that what we saw is that people's mentality changed to what they were buying online, the way they found products, the way they sourced products, the way that you know, they behaved when they were able to get out. You know, I, I was talking on a live chat or something I did the other day where we were saying, you know, history repeats itself. So what do we need to do when history repeats itself to look at, you know, now we're in March. Yeah, we're sorry, we're in March. We're in January. Well, we went into the lockdown here in April, March, April last year. So we're almost a year into this. So we've got complete years of history of data that can tell us what people were buying last year. So in March last year, April, what did people buy online? So we know that there's going to be an increased demand for that. You know, there were things that were being bought online, you know, exercise equipment because the people at the gyms were shut, you know, outdoor equipment, bikes, stand up paddle boards, kayaks, you know, all that sort of stuff that was easy to use that people could do to get on the water, could exercise, could do stuff with was absolutely powerful. Tents, you know, people were going camping because they couldn't go abroad. They couldn't get, um, you know, there was no B&Bs left. There was no hotels left. There was no, you know, everyone's like, quick, let's go on holiday in the UK. Or in Europe, no one was traveling, so everyone was staying in country. So it's like, well, okay, what do we need? You know, so those products are probably going to be powerful products again this year. You know, um, spas, you know, um, hot tubs. You know, everyone was at buying a hot tub. You know, and we're not talking about you know five, ten grand hot tubs. We're talking about three hundred pound inflatable hot tubs. You know, I know exactly what you mean. We could have sold. We could have sold thousands of them. Like literally, if we had a container full of them, we could have sold them in a weekend. I was going to say, do you think this is just a fad for a lot of people? Or do you think like some of these products will stick around in terms of like uh, growth in terms of like their place in society? It's not just a flash in the pan. It's more of a, hey, that this is here to stay, whether it's a certain product category or whether it's a certain individual product. Do you think that some of those are here to stay? Yeah, I think that people are moving to, I think what, what it showed us was that people are just as happy at home. They don't need to go on all these luxury holidays everywhere. There's amazing holidays right on our doorstep and we didn't even realize, you know, there, there's all these amazing um, activities on our doorstep 
and we didn't realize you know the amount of people we live we're very fortunate to live on the south coast and there's you know, lots of rivers and you know, right access to the sea everything you know, the amount of people that are on stand-up paddle boards I mean, I've never seen anything like it in all my life. The one stretch of river, I mean, I use one stretch of river quite a lot. And in, in first lockdown, I was uh, run, cycle, kayak. So I'd go six o'clock every morning, which is what I'd do anyway. And I'd go, and, and in the mornings I'd go kayaking. You know, I wouldn't see very many people. But you take a Sunday afternoon, the rivers that would have been empty, I mean, almost you could have built a raft from one side to the other. It was that busy. Um, so, and I, I do think that, you know, coming back to the original point, you know, some of these products are fundamentally here to stay. People's shifts have shifted to, oh, I can go on holiday here in the UK. It's a wonderful holiday place. Oh, I can do activities outside. These are quite cool. I'd like to do more of this. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. That outdoor um, education sports piece, I think is going to become more and more important as we go forward. And where do you think there's that, negative side what what categories and or products or services got the most impact and maybe not ever recover again yeah I, that's hard to say i think you travel products you know um you know if you sell travel pillows you know <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking when you said travel yeah, products <laughs> yeah there's, there's just not you know, people aren't flying. If you're not flying, people don't need a travel pillow. You know, it's slightly different in the States. You know, people travel by coach a lot more in the States, by train, by bus. They do that a lot more. You know, across Europe, they don't really do that anywhere near as much. Yes, there's some long train journeys. So there is an element of that there. But we're not, we're not moving around as much as we were for the time we were. So the, you know, travel pillows have probably been decimated. I, I, you know, the, the figures on those, I suspect, aren't very big at all. And I would imagine that those sort of products, travel plugs, you know, all of those sort of things that you or I use every time we go traveling, you know, we just pick it up, right, okay, here's my four bits, your travel luggage, luggage, you know, I, I just, you're not going to buy new luggage if you're going to, you know, a, you've hired a cottage on the seafront two hours away. You just won't. So I think a lot of those sort of the travel products have probably been been hit. And it's not that I don't think they'll come back because they will come back. They'll come back in like three years time of a vengeance because all of a sudden everyone's like, I'm going on holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was watching I was watching a news segment and there, a lot of people are like, yeah, like right now, of course, if you can buy a trip or something like that, look, read the fine print, obviously. But if you can buy it for cheap right now, Maybe invest in that kind of like mentality of I can push my trip maybe out to 2022. I know I have an Italian uh, vacation uh, <laughs> just waiting in the next year or two. That's just kind of waiting uh, whenever it becomes available to do. So like you said, I think travel will become a big influx. Uh, my other uh, last question before I know you have a call at the top of the hour. And again, I have Andy Hooper of Ecom uh, Global. Oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher it already. Ecom Global Experts. Global e-com experts, look at that. See, I just have to move it around a little bit. Uh, global e-com experts with me. Uh, before we go today, what are some time-saving tips that you can share with us when you're trying to expand into Europe? Is there something that's so dramatic in terms of an Amazon seller's time? Because that's the commodity. We're in it. I'm in an industry of commodity and time sa or in savings. So I always try to give a tip of what can where can I save time? Because that's the one commodity you can't get back and it's most valuable. Do you have any of those that you can share with our audience today 
that you would love to share with us? I think there's a number. Uh, I think the first thing is we have a success pathway. So when you're looking to expand into Europe, and actually this could be used across any location, to be fair, but it's obviously designed for Europe. We have a six-step success pathway of if you're looking to expand to Europe, the step-by-step actions you need to take. Like, So just get in contact. We can send that through to you. We've got it in an ebook. I think we've done webinars, podcasts. You know, If you look across our social, you'll find all of that information. You Listen to what those six steps are. Take the time to educate yourself on, okay, if I'm going to expand, what are the key things I need to do and achieve in that period over that time frame? And then the next, dependent on you and dependent on how you like to do things or depend on what your next steps are. First of all, you could do it all yourself. You've got the framework. You can go away and make it happen. Secondly, you might want to do some online training. You know, we've got an online training course. You know, it's relatively straightforward. It gives you the step-by-step guides, day-to-day videos, everything you need to do to follow. That's like your next step, isn't it? You know, step one is, um, sorry, there's people walking in and out of the office who couldn't work out what it was. Step one is, you know, um, you know, listen to the six steps. Step two is do some online training. Step three is engage people who do this day in day out to make it simple for you like there's no point you sitting there going how am i going to do this when we've already done it for two or two three thousand sellers we can just go this step one this is step two you need a vat register here you need your product to be compliant this is the step you need oh you need translations here and we're very good at you know we, we we don't sell you everything so if you talk to us, we're not going to be like, you need to do this, you need to do this. We'll only tell you you need to do it when you need to do it. And what the advantage of that is, and let's take our warehouse as a prime example. You know, if you're an Amazon seller and you're just starting off, ship it into FBA without any shadow of a doubt. Now, obviously, that's taking business away from our warehouse. I'd love to have you. But the reality is, is that when you pay, people pay attention. And you're know, putting goods in FBA helps with your sales ranking. So you, what we would then say is, well, when you start bringing containers in, that's when you need to utilize us. When you start selling on other marketplaces, that's when you need us. You take translations. You, you need to translate your listings into all the languages. All the key words need to be done. Your enhanced brand content needs to be done. So all of those things need to be done. But let's be honest with ourselves. The first step is do it and do it with Google Translate. Google Translate is completely free. So that's your first step. Second step is you bring someone in to do some native tongue translations. That's your next step. Then you can do the sales and marketing, copywriting, and everything else. Yeah, they're your steps. So you know, we would tailor our solution to help you as you grow. And if we're doing your VAT as well, what it means is we've got the insights to be able to say, look, now you need to be doing this. Now you need to be doing that. This is where you need to go. So Depending on your where you are, right? I think really that's where it then tailors to the individual. You know, they, we, we, we've got the ebook. Go and listen to that. Secondly, we've got a podcast or a webinar if that's easier for you. You know, we've got individual. All of those topics have been broken down across content corners, webinars, podcasts, everything. Like it's out there. Go and educate yourself on it. But if you haven't got the time to educate yourself on it, then just go, Andy. I want to expand to Europe and I need someone that can hold my hand the whole way. Can you do it? And I'm going to be like, yeah, we'll do shipping, customs, compliance, VAT, product compliance. You know, we'll do all that. And some of those bits, you know, like the shipping, 
we'll, we'll look after that for you, but we'll use a preferred supplier. So you can just do that all in-house. Like, you know, we don't have a shipping. We don't have ships going backwards and forwards. Um, but we can support you with that because you might just so, Andy, it's easier just to give you the whole shooting match and you just crack on, fella. Like, that, that's everyone's got a different mentality of what they want um, and how they want to do it. So, you know, that, that's where we come in. And, you know, we've, we have literally given you everything to do it. Like, it, it's all out there. I'm not hiding anything. And everything that's out there, we can do. Like, just if you want to do it yourself, it's out there. Take what we've already done and utilize it. Um, if you want someone to do it for you, give us a shout. <laughs> like, um, so it's just easy as that, right? Exactly. You, yeah. you know that you know you walk the walk and you talk the talk. And you're an Amazon, you are an Amazon or e-commerce seller too, correct? So you know all the ins and outs. Is that correct? Exactly. That. So I started off selling um, uh, silicone watches um, when there really? was a bag okay. for silicone watches, and I was buying them from China for uh, uh, whatever. I, I mean, no. Right. And selling them, and I was selling them on eBay, on Amazon, and I was selling them to I was selling them to friends. I was selling them everywhere. I was basically absolutely brassically broke. Uh, the financial crash had happened two thousand eight nine, right? Not in two thousand and ten, just coming out of that, I can't remember the exact day. I should find out the exact day. But that's basically when that journey started, um, and and then it got from you know selling our own products to well, actually, how can we support others like that? That I'd love supporting coaching working with other people and that's more interesting to me um so yeah that's where i started amazing yeah and i i meant to do that in our intro but we kind of just jumped into it there's so much information to kind of jump into but uh i know you have to go here at the top of the hour again for people who want to learn more about information about your company you just want to pick your brain just want to talk shop with you what's the best way to do that or find out more information so if you want to get in contact with us, Global Commerce Experts, you can do that at our website and obviously all the social media channels that you can probably think of. We're not on TikTok, I don't think. Um, not on TikTok. That's a shame. No, I'm just kidding. But, Neither am I. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to get in contact with me personally, then just go to LinkedIn or Clubhouse is the new, you know, the new thing, isn't it? I was going to um, say, are you on Clubhouse? Yeah. So, the, you know, uh, most of those I'm Andy Hooper or something along those lines. Um, gotcha. but it's Andy Hooper. You know, you can get me on all of those social stuff. If you've got something, we're always happy to have a conversation. And I believe everything comes from a conversation. So have a conversation and see where it leads. I love that. And in fact, we put that in our comments section too. So if you're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, or watching this on Twitter, even uh, those comment or that link is in those comments. So feel free to go check that out. Again, global e-commerce experts. Dot com. Andy, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I know we can obviously go more in depth. I think we, I would love to do that more with you, be super granular on a specific marketplace or just go really in depth one of these times. And obviously check out your podcast too. Uh, the name of it is? E-commerce, e-commerce Expander Secrets. Uh, okay. or our e-commerce one. And I also have just to keep the freight, keep the flow going business insider secrets. Um, so the e-commerce one is about helping e-commerce brands expand into Europe without any shadow of a doubt. And the business insiders one is I basically talk to business owners local to me, real people, like real people that have real businesses across everything about what they've done and what they need, what what they learn along their journey. So we can all learn from it. It's not e-commerce. Um, the e-commerce expanders one is solely e-commerce. It's focused on e-commerce sellers expanding into Europe. And it gives you a flavor of both there. Love it.
Well, thank you so much today. I know you got to go. It's late over there in Europe already. We're getting started here in the United States. But for more information on Indian's team, go check out his website. For my, uh, thank you so much again. As a friend of the show, you're more than welcome to hop on anytime. I know we have a lot of projects in the works together that we're going to be working on. So I'm excited to do that with your team. Um, but thank you so much for being a guest today. Well, thank you very much for having us. Uh, I hope that's been super useful to some people. And uh, if you need us, get in touch. But Ryan, you've been amazing. So thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, perfect. I know you have to bounce, so I'll go ahead and uh, sign us both out. But Andy, thank you so much again for those of you who are listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining me on e-commerce experts. This is episode 45. We were talking about EU, how COVID, um, Brexit, and all the expansion pros, uh, tips and tricks that we can kind of get out of Andy today. Um, again, go ahead and subscribe or download this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's on Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh, Shop or Shopify, Spotify, as well as Google Podcast. Go ahead and search for us on Crossover Commerce. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Kramer. We're going to go live again tomorrow. We're going to be talking uh, but with seven tips for seven-figure sellers to help grow a seven-figure Amazon business. I know it's a tongue twister, uh, but I call it my 777 episode. Go ahead and join us live again tomorrow with Gary Wong of the Seven Figure Seller Summit. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer of Crossover Commerce. Thanks again for joining us. Go ahead and subscribe to our social media channels, Ping Pong Payments on all those platforms. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you guys next time live on the show.